Welcome to your favorite podcast of all time. The Top Notch always delivers. It's a Sunday night. We're ready to rock and roll. It's no judgments here. I'm Mike. That's Will. What's up, buddy? Sunday fun day. Let's roll. How's it going? It's going. It's going. I'm alive. I'm well. I can't complain. How's Minnesota? It's snowing up there. Is that correct? No, I mean, it hasn't snowed in a week. In a week. In a week. That's not, that's not bad. So, I mean, yeah. it's been in, you know, upper 30s. Maybe we might have hit 42, 43, you know. But uh, gross. it's so not, gross. been nice. I've been out in just a hoodie, you know, sometimes just a long sleeve t-shirt. You know, it's, hmm. it's not bad out, man. All right. I'll, I'll take your word for it. That sounds awful. <laughs> but sounds yes, awful. We, are, we are starting to see a little bit of melting of the snow. Um but it's probably going to be May or June before it's all done. Mm. Mm. <laughs> nope. 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 Well, we're not here to talk about the weather, okay? That's true. Let's, let's move on to bigger and better things. What's going on in the world of music news? Well, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the big news this week. Finally, after six months of silence, me and you have talked about them frequently trying to figure out what in the world is going on with in the world of Mudvayne. They finally hit us with a headlining tour. Right, nice. Now, I should say uh, there's quite a few annoying. I have quite a few grievances with this tour, Mike. Well, let's just, uh, let's let's list them off. I'll list off the grievances. Well, for one thing, all right, so the, the lineup, kind of decent. Mudvayne, Cold Chamber, Nonpoint, Gore, Butcher Babies. Not bad, not bad. I will say that I think it's lacking another bigger band that they need, and it's probably also lacking some newer blood that they also need. Uh, between Mudvayne and Cold Chamber, those bands haven't released anything in over a decade, and those are your two headliners. Um, I'm I'm happy that Mudvayne is doing a headlining tour, but I am stunned that they think, or Live Nation thinks, they can do 15,000 seat amphitheaters. What in the world? That's that's two of my biggest grievances right there. I thought this would be. I, I was expecting Tulsa Theater, Diamond Ballroom in Oklahoma City, maybe the Cotillion in Wichita, a couple of those places in Kansas City, like uh, the Midland Theater or uptown. Up in your neck of the woods, uh, Minneapolis, the Armory, Fillmore, uh, up in Omaha, Sokol Auditorium, or Bourbon Theater. No, these dudes are trying to go to the Dosa Key Pavilion in Dallas, Texas, which holds 18,000 people. <laughs> Come on, there's no chance. No chance. Yeah, I, I sense a lot of empty, empty areas. Where, where else are they playing? That's the only word that's relatively close to you. I mean, the plane is yeah, that's the only one that's close to me. So, I mean, the, the cool and some the positive about the tour is that if I'm going to go, they hit me up with a host of Saturday options. For instance, they're playing the first Saturday in August in Chicago. Chicago's an easy hour-long flight. Uh, Tinley Park, I should say. They're playing uh, the Hollywood Amphitheater Casino in, in in Tinley Park. Interesting enough, the same weekend as Lollapalooza in Chicago. So there's going to be a hundred thousand people in Chicago for that festival. Yeah. And Mudvayne and Cold Chamber and Nonpoint are going to be about forty miles away in Tinley Park. Um, they're playing the Fiddler's Green Amphitheater in in Denver. Again, this is fifteen thousand plus people. Um, and here's the other thing about it: they're playing the same markets that they played last year, opening up for Rob Zombie. 
for the most part, Rob Zombie's tour was bigger, so there were more dates. Like you got to see him in Council Bluffs. Yeah, um, they're not doing something like Council Bluffs. Westbury Amphitheater, I think, would have been a really good venue for this tour. Right, right. Uh, obviously, I'll throw out the amp. The amp, ten thousand people would have been great uh, for this venue. There's an opening on August 11th, the day before they play Dallas, August 12th. I mean. Just really disappointed. I'm kind of flabbergasted by this tour in Live Nation. My guess is there, there's going to be a lot of $20 tickets uh, for sale in the lawn. Uh, there's going to be a lot of two-for-one Groupons. There's going to be some four-for-threes. Uh, there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff. I'm trying to pull up the dates and tell you kind of uh, the other sights and sounds, the other venues. But and they're, they're big venues. They're playing Reno. Uh, the last show is Dallas, or excuse me, Denver, which is also on a Sunday. So August 12th, 19th, August 26th in Denver. And that's another thing. It's a short tour. Uh, but it's what the weird thing is they're doing like 25 dates in like 35 days or something like that. Like fucking blam, blam, blam. Like they're playing sometimes three nights in a row, which is just crazy. Uh, for a, a tour of this magnitude, and you just hope that Chad Gray can keep his voice together. That's what I was just getting ready to back say. Because he was he was struggling a bit, you know, when I saw them, you know, last summer. Um, you know, he struggled with some of the songs, and that's probably to be expected. But mm-hmm. I mean, three nights in a row. <sighs> yeah. So the tour starts on July twentieth. But uh, it ends on August 26th, so a little over a month. But in that time frame, let me count them real quick. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 26 dates in approximately 35 days. That's fucking that's incredible for an amphitheater tour. I mean, that's that's a lot of dates. I don't know. I don't know. They're not. They're not coming up to Minneapolis. No. You know, they're not, not not playing Arkansas again. You know, you give me the theater tour that I thought would make a lot of sense in this, and you got yourself a two month tour. You got yourself more options for dates. Uh, I don't know which show I'm going to go. My my choices are uh, again Dallas on August twelfth, um, Tinley Park on August fifth, or Denver on August twenty sixth. I don't know if I can do any of those. They're all on Saturdays. Right. I know it's also fantasy draft season, which is another annoyance. Um, so I already know I have most likely have a live draft happening on August 15th, which are, excuse me, August 12th, which would more than likely take me out of the, the Dallas running. Plus that's the weekend before the Metallica tour. Right. Uh, so back to back date, back to back trips to Dallas doesn't seem likely. I don't know. I don't know what's no, going to happen. Yeah, it's, it, it might be another season of you not being able to see Monday. Which is bullshit. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I feel you, man. I mean, and I that's the other thing. Like the festival, this September is a great festival month, and they're just going right. to end their dates on August twenty sixth and not play Rock, Oklahoma the weekend after, not play Blue Ridge, which makes sense because they played Blue Ridge the, the previous year, not play Riot Fest in Chicago, not play fucking Louder Than Life, not play Aftershock. I mean, why? I don't. It's too. Do you think Ugh. that? Maybe they could be added to one of the festival bills. I don't know why they would be. I really don't. I don't. I don't know why you would add them at this point. And if they were going to be added, why wouldn't they have been added with the announcement of the tour? I don't know. Maybe they're waiting to see if somebody drops off. Maybe they're in the wings. Maybe they're the B team. They they can be a B team. I mean that's fine. Which I mean just makes it unlikely. 
you know, I, I again, it's uh, Mudbane and Nonpoint. Interestingly enough, the first I think the first time I saw a uh, Nonpoint, and I think the first time I saw Mudbane headlining, they were together. Mudbane and Nonpoint. I saw them in Denver, Colorado, um, at the Ogden Theater in two thousand one. So there's a pretty cool connection there. I remember that concert pretty vividly. It's a great concert, but my girlfriend at the time was sick and throwing up in the, in the bathroom for most of the show. Um, I had to power through that, or she had to power through that. I was fine, but she had to power through. Um, and then, I mean, you know, and then Cold Chamber, you know, Cold Chamber tours very infrequently. I like the bill. I don't care about Butcher Babies and Gore necessarily. I like the uh, non-point Cold Chamber Mudvayne Bill. I just think, to me, they sh- this should have been added to like the Pantera Lamb of God Bill. Like, give me Pantera Lamb of God, Gore, Mudvayne, Cold Chamber. That's a sweet tour right there. Yeah, that would be a sweet tour. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, put Stained on this or put Corn on this um, or put who would have been somebody else in that that neck in that area uh, back then who, who could have been just as big. Just somebody else who well, I mean, could have put Godsmack on there. Yeah, Godsmack probably would have been a good one. Uh, the Disturbed Tour could have been a good one. You know, Disturbed I saw Disturbed and Mud Bane together uh, back in the day as well. I just feel like something's lacking in this. Um, or if they would have just done the theater circuit, I think this tour makes a lot more sense. I just, I don't know how they're going to sell tickets to this thing. It's going to be difficult, but there you go. Yeah, Exciting I mean, news. Mudvayne finally announced his headline tour. And that was pretty much like the day after we had talked last, I think, or a couple of days mm-hmm. after. So, yeah, yeah. it's it, things are changing. Um, yeah, Palooza. Did we talk about the Lola Palooza lineup? No. Do we need to? Do you want to? You want to? You want to hit it up real quick? I mean, I don't think there was anything on there that I was interested in seeing. But well, you had the Chili Peppers, and you had Thirty Seconds to Mars. Uh, interesting enough, the uh, the time I, the one time I went to Lollapalooza in Chicago, the Chili Peppers and Thirty Seconds to Mars were also in the bill. That was seventeen years ago, two thousand six, and they're back together. Um, the headliners not bad. I mean, Kendrick Lamar, that's fine. Billie Eilish, that's going to sell a ton of tickets. Chili Peppers, Odessa, Lana Del Rey, I don't know these other people. Uh, Carol G, the nineteen seventy five. Uh, Mike, one of the headliners tomorrow. X together tomorrow. X together is your one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth headliner on the bill. Tomorrow, uh, who, who X who, together? Who's tomorrow X together? Uh, I'm guessing it's a K-pop band. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if they're male or female. Could be a combo situation. I have no idea. Never heard of them until I saw this poster. But they're one of your headliners. What's crazy to me is that they've got 30 seconds to Mars, like on the second row after. Uh... A boogie with the hoodie. And Carly Rae Jepsen. Carly Rae Jepsen gets second line status in 2023. Like Carly Rae Jepsen's, she's made some, I guess, some, she's made some good indie albums since uh, Call Me Baby. But yeah. She doesn't sell albums. You trying to tell me Carly Rae Jepsen is bigger than 30 Seconds to Mars? No. You remember Call Me Maybe, one of the greatest pop yeah. songs of all time? Yeah, I remember. I saw her open up for Justin Bieber. <laughs> oh, whenever you say that, I just giggle. Yeah, I know. Uh, there's, not, there's not a lot of other rock on this bill. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at it, and there's really nothing on here that's 
Yeah, this is kind of like Coachella. Uh, Douglas Murray, our former uh, Five Minutes of Hip Hop uh, co-host, uh, let us know how much hip hop we actually missed on the Coachella lineup. Um, there's possible. It's possible. There's a lot of hip hop on here that we would need Douglas Murray to tell us about. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, really I just kind of gone away from what it was. You know. I, oh yeah, it's nowhere the, close to that. But I mean, that's not a surprise. I mean, forty-five year olds aren't traveling to Chicago to watch, sit through a four-day festival. We're going to Louisville, you know. <laughs> but the the difference is, uh, there's going to be forty thousand people in Louisville, and Lollapalooza wants a hundred thousand people. Yeah, I get it. It just sucks. I see Lainey Wilson on here. Uh, Jesse Reyes. I saw her open up for Halsey. Um. Knock Loose, they're on, we talked about this when we saw them on the Coachella lineup. Yeah. They're on every festival bill known to man. They're down there somewhere. Uh, Foles, not bad. Um, there's a DPR Ian and a DPR Live. I don't know what that means. Diesel, which is Shaquille O'Neal, uh, yeah. is on there. Um, boy. boy. Suki Waterhouse. Joy Odekin's on there. Joy Otakin, yeah. Oh, Otakin or whatever. Never heard of that. I don't know what that is. She's got a really good song with Chris Stapleton. Okay. I see Sweco on there. They're on the uh, Ladder of the Life bill, correct? Sweco? So there's a little crossover. I started a a playlist, and I haven't finished it yet, of uh, Ladder of the Life. And where is the Sweco? I'm doing one band a day. One band of this. Yeah. I saw that. So how's that going for you so far? So far so good. We started with the first the top three build thought top three build bands on Thursday, and then we went to the bottom. Um and I can't remember their name. I have no idea. Uh but they had some decent tunes. They it looks like they played on the twenty twenty two lineup as well. Hadn't heard of them. Um, but I was reading some articles about who the band is, um, and they had mentioned how they were in a rut, uh, dealing with some drug, uh, some drug usage and some suicidal thoughts during the pandemic, yeah. and they kind of got back on track by watching a lot of Foo Fighters YouTube videos. Um, so pretty cool that they're now going to be on this festival lineup with the Foo Fighters. I imagine that's a pretty cool moment for them. They just released a new song yesterday. I have to go to my Twitter to even know who the fuck I'm talking about. I have no idea right now, uh, but their name was Asada. Asada, yep, that's correct. So yeah, they got one album out there on the Spotify and a couple yeah. singles. So you know, yeah, so far so good. One band a day should give me. It's going to get me pretty close to Louder Than Life exit. Well, I applaud. I applaud your efforts on that. I mean, I, I can tell easy. you this: I was looking at was it Saturday, and Saturday is pretty flipping heavy. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. I was listening to some of it, you know, because like I said, I was going through and making a playlist. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty heavy stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, that, that second line, I mean, of course, that first line, Avenged Sevenfold, Pantera, Falling in Reverse is pretty heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that second line of Pierce the Veil, Parkway Drive, Baby Metal, and Asking Alexandra, heavy bands. Yeah. Yep. And then Death Clock is heavy. Uh, the Hugh is Mongolian. I don't know if you call, call that heavy or Mongolian, not. Mongolian heavy. Yeah. Uh, suicide Silence is heavy. 
you know sleep token better than i do but, but yeah it's a heavy <laughs> sleep token metal bands, i mean they're decent they got a lot more melody i think than um some of these other heavier bands that are out there so cool what other news you got uh an interesting little rumor that's going out right now i saw it on the pearl jam message board and then i tried to find some more concrete evidence of it and there there's not a lot but it's it's certainly uh making the rounds out there on the internet and as you know the internet is always correct is that the foo fighters drummer for this north american tour is going to be mr fucking matt cameron it has actually been debunked um has it yeah matt cameron came out today and said that it is not true well, he would. He would he can pull just the wool us. over eyes, but he did come out and say that no, he's not playing drums for the Foo Fighters. Could be, could be just a swerve. Who knows? Yeah. But he did come out and say, "Nope, not me." Stupid internet. There was this other guy, Atom, somebody or the other. That oh, my angels and airwaves. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know uh, the timing of it, but the Darkness actually are playing some UK dates. So I don't know if Rufus Taylor is, even, you know, is another one that we talked about that could possibly, you know, fill in. So I don't know. If yeah, I saw that they actually announced a pretty big tour. So I don't think that, I, that would seem to make it unlikely for him. The, the the sad thing, obviously, for me, if Matt Cameron was going to be the drummer, is that that would debunk any Pearl Jam rumors that were out there for possible tour dates but if he's well, saying it's not true then i will take his word for it and say that it's not true was there a rumor of pearl jam touring there's always rumors on the pearl jam board that something yeah. something's happening something's something's, brewing. something's going on something's brewing um but as months and weeks go by nothing gets announced and so we'll see i don't know yeah. all right well that kind of kills like a five minute conversation I was going to have around that. So I don't know. I mean, if he's not in it and Rufus Taylor's not in it again, more speculation. I mean, the favorite has to be Josh Freeze. Of course, I'm not seeing his rumor. Um, and I don't know the guy from angels and airways at all. I was, I never really paid attention to angels and airways, which is the blink 182 spinoff uh, UFO aliens bands. Um, I never really listened to the music, so I don't know much about them to be, to, to speak on it. Yeah, I don't know anything about them either. I've never, uh, never listened to them. Of course, I really don't like Blink One Eighty Two. So, uh, um, another thing, uh, Morgan Wallen, Mike. Um, he's just going to be. I was. He's going to be top. You know, it's, that's he's, funny because. Yeah. I was just pulling it up. <laughs> I was just pulling it up because I was I was thinking about that today, and I'm like, I wonder how his album is doing. And then I wondered how his previous album was doing. Well, his album is crushing. It's breaking records yeah. left and right. There's yeah. basically 27 Morgan Wallen songs out there on the Billboard 100 uh, for singles. He's broken a record there. He's making all kinds of records for his album that has 32 tracks on it. We should probably listen to it. I said that the first time around. And then that same week, he decided to do the video situation. I just feel like we have to listen to Morgan Wallet sometime in our life. Okay. Okay. I, I give in. <laughs> you, you have beat me into submission. We are going to have to do it because the masses probably, you know, demand it. I mean, it's insane. So his first week, 
was 501,000 units. Incredible. His second week, 259,000. His third week, 209,000. I mean, that equals, I mean, we're right at a million at this point after three weeks, and that's just unheard of. In the last 12 months, only two albums have exceeded 200,000 units in each of their first three weeks, and that's Taylor Swift and Morgan Wallen. The dude is up there with Taylor Swift. That's how big and massive. Like, If you're doing the same thing that Taylor Swift is doing, you're doing unbelievable things, and I still don't know how or why this is taking place. It's one of the biggest musical mysteries to me of all time. Maybe he is a musical genius. Who knows? I mean, who knows? I mean, we won't know until we actually listen to it. So I guess we'll have to put it on the list for next week. Let's look at some more tidbits of Morgan Wallen. Mike, in the last 10 years, only two country albums have spent at least three weeks at number one on the Billboard Top top 200 albums. Do you know whose albums those are? Both of them are Morgan Wallen. Both of them are Morgan Wallen. A decade. <laughs> it's Morgan fucking Wallen. Well, and what's, and what's better is, I mean, what's better? I don't know if it's really better, but his other album, was it Dangerous? Is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, it's still in the top 10. Unbelievable. 100, After 100, two years. 114 weeks. We're on episode 76, I believe, even though I, yeah. you counted this last episode the same as the previous episode. I do I want did? to point that out to you. Yeah. Oh, you, gave it, you gave us two episode 74s. So I guess we could celebrate this as being episode 75. But just to let everybody know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Wallen's been in the top five for every fucking week of No Judgments here. It's almost like we need to shut it down. We need to shut it down to save America. Oh no, we can't. That won't. There'll be more riots. There'll be riots. There'll be anarchy if we if we ended this now and said this was the last episode. It's not good. Hmm. That's not good. I don't know. I don't know what'd be worse: us ending it or Trump going to jail. What's going to cause bigger chaos? Any 114 weeks that that album has been in the top 10 or on the top, top 10, 114 weeks. Yeah, it's so, incredible. And and we were going to listen to that album, but it was you know right when we said we were going to do it. I think it was same the week. next day, the same week. Yeah. You, know, you know, the famous infamous video of him dropping the end bomb. You know, so, I mean, maybe we shouldn't be canceling Morgan Wallen. I don't know, man. I don't condone his activities, but, you know, somebody brought it up the other day. They're like, well, you listen to Michael Jackson, don't you? I'm like, Well, that was the, uh, that was one of the, uh, was it Chris Rock or it was the Chris Rock bit on his new special. Um, it's all about the, uh. R. Kelly, he, he did the R. Kelly and Michael Jackson comparison. He's like, eh, it's all about the kind of hits that you had. And Michael Jackson has a much more stellar discography than R. Kelly. So Michael Jackson kind of gets... But I also think it's because he's dead. I think dying played a big part in Michael Jackson still being able to be 
considered like the pop king and yeah. relevant. And I think if he was alive and still going through a lot of these accusations, he's probably it's probably he's probably way down the list. It'd be interesting to see that. But as we all know, when the year he died, he was about to do fifty sold out shows. Yes. Um, at the London Arena, which yeah, is twenty thousand people or something, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was. It was crazy. So yeah, I mean, people love them some Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. People love them some Morgan Wallen. People love them some Morgan. I think Morgan Wallen could do fifty sold out shows at Pick a City right now. His own residency. Pick a motherfucking city. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's gonna. It would have to be a you know a, a destination. I mean, you know, he's not gonna sell out fifty shows in Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm. No, no. I mean, it would be massive for uh, Lincoln's tourism, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good to see. Uh, I think I saw Zach Bryan's name in there somewhere when I was looking at Dangerous. Uh, where was he? Yeah, Zach Bryan, number 13 after 43 weeks. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, nice. Nice. We'll see. Yeah, Taylor Swift's up there still, 21 weeks. Taylor Swift's another thing. Let's talk about her. Her tour started this past week, Mike. Did you take a peep? I know you're 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 gonna go see it. Did you take a peep at the set list? No, no, I haven't. Are you doing a no spoilers? Um, well, I have I have some some news. Um, I am not going to be going to see Taylor Swift. Um, my Ooh. daughters, my daughters are still going. Courtney and David Trace are going. I have gave me and Kathy donated my tickets, our tickets, Whoa. to my sister and her seven-year-old daughter for her first concert. She is Breaking news. Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Mike Shokey has donated his donated his Taylor Swift tickets to yep. how old is the how old? How old? She is seven. 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 Her first concert. Gonna go see Taylor Swift. Now, if that doesn't make me the coolest motherfucker on the planet. Well, I gotta tell you, I'm disappointed, disappointed in you. I, I do want to throw that out there. Why? Why? On, uh, one you had, hand you be, on one hand, you can be disappointed. Sure, on a big hand, my biggest on the other hand. hand. But on the other so, hand, hmm. now would you be singing the same story if Pearl was seven years old and I said, "Will take my tickets, take your daughter to see Taylor Swift"? Mm, you'd be, you'd be singing a different tune. I don't know. Oh boy, I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a that's a hypothetical that I can't quite wrap my head around right now. All right, give yourself a few years. But anyways, to see the joy on her face when I told her that she was going. So you you've already seen the joy. Have you already seen the joy? Oh yeah, yeah. Did you record the joy? Did you record the uh, joy on the joy has been recorded? I don't have a copy of the recording, Oof. but um, I, I can get my hands on it. Okay. Well, that's uh, so. Can we talk about it? Yeah, we could talk about it. Most definitely. okay. Her set list was forty-four songs. Forty-four. Forty-four songs, mm-hmm. and she has two opening acts. Yeah. 
So let, let me ask this, because you gave your ticket to a seven-year-old. Can a seven-year-old sit through 44 songs? I don't know if I can sit through 44 songs. This seven-year-old could. I don't think you understand um, the level of the love she has for Taylor Swift is... But no, you're right about that. I have no idea. It, it's crazy. I mean, it's insane. That's all she listens to. That's all she talks about. Okay. You know, so I had to do it. Um, you know, my sister... You got a heart of gold, Mike. A I heart do, of gold. I do. I do. I mean, my sister, they, she tried her damnedest to get tickets because they were running into the same problems that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, even the next day, they tried because they've got a, a Capital One. So they have the Capital One pre-sale. She tried to get it on that and couldn't get it. So, you know... Moment of weakness, moment of insanity. I was like, you know what? Let's 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 do this. And um, you know, it may be that my sister my sister says no, she's not gonna go. Kathy's gonna go. So it's cool. Whatever. Okay. Well, uh, I've I, I've uh, I've paid attention to the Taylor Swift tour on Twitter. Yeah. Um, the reviews are glowing. Um, extremely positive. Um, I saw some Twitter users talk about they've been going to concerts for 30 plus years. They've seen 400 concerts, much like me. Yeah. And they're like, this, this is the best. It's the best of the best. The best concert you could possibly see. Taylor Swift, what she's doing on this tour, the best. The well, Pink Floyd 2023. Whoa. The Pink Floyd of our time, Taylor Swift. Whoa, whoa. Dude. I may have thrown that out. That was my. That was that was me. I saw her do. There's a there's a partner show where she uh, she does a costume change, but she uh, dives into a pool, and she comes out on the other side of the pool as a mermaid. That's some that's some Pink Floyd type shit right there. Like, get some acid for that. Like, give me a little trip. You're not endearing it to me. You know, you're not making me feel bad of giving up my tickets when you refer to Taylor Swift in the same sentence as Pink fucking Floyd. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, get your drugs, you know. If you're going to see Taylor Swift, man, there's going to be some lights, <laughs> be some lasers. She turns into a mermaid at one point. The fucking screens are... Ooh, let's go. Let's go. Let's you know, go. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, it could get closer and you could see some tickets maybe on the aftermarket that aren't ridiculously expensive. Look, as we know for Ticketmaster, Ticketmaster is going to release tickets oh, yeah. the week of the show, without a doubt. And they're probably going to be good tickets and they're probably going to become available for people. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously they're going to be available for people. That was a stupid thing for me to say. I just want to iterate that. Um, they're they're going to be available is what I'm saying. Which is what I'm kind of hoping up for Zach Bryan. But we'll see. Right. I did get myself on the wait list for Zach Bryan. I finally figured it out. So. Did you? Good. Yeah. Figure out how that works. Yeah. So I'm still on the list for that. But So far, it's been silence. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not holding my breath. So. I should also point out that the Turnpike Troubadours, two concerts in Tulsa are this week, yeah. Thursday and Saturday. And... So far, I'm still a no-go. I just can't get myself to pay $100 for Turnpike. 
hundred dollars for Turnpike when I saw him for twenty. Right. Last time well, I saw him. I mean, when was the last time you saw him though? Well, it's been about six years. From at George's Majestic Lounge, where we saw Casey Donahue band. Right, right. And now they're playing the BOK Center. Two shows. Big leap. It is a big leap. It's kind of like a Greta Van Fleet leap. Yeah, it's a giant leap as well. Yeah, so when they played... The thing uh, with Greta is that they kept releasing music and got bigger, even though their albums appeared to, like, dwindle in popularity. Right. Turnpike has released no music and got bigger, which is pretty interesting. Well, I don't even know what to say, so... That's crazy. Uh, anything else, Mike? What else you have? Have you looked at the list of record store day? Um, yes, I did the day it came out. There's a Pearl Jam situation happening. I know that much. Yep. I can't remember what it is all of a sudden, though. But yeah, when it when's that's coming up in April, right? Yeah, that's uh, April. April 23rd. Okay. Well, let's... I haven't been vinyl shopping in a while, Mike. What, what kind of stuff we got on RST? Um, let's see. We've got some uh, 1975 live uh, with the BBC Philharmonic Orchestra. Uh, you got the Attics, Arouge Aftab, Agnostic Front, Allman Brothers Band, Syria Mosque. How about some stuff we know? Tori Amos. Um, Bastille, Bjork, Frank Black, Black Keys, live at uh, Beachland Tavern, March 31st, 2002. 2002? Yeah. Wow. Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, Mm, Blur, Brother Lynch Hung. David Byrne. Am I piquing your interest? Belinda Carlisle. Um, Chief Keith. Cranberries wake up and smell the coffee. Uh, the hmm. Cure. Tw- uh, the Cure have an album. Show 2023 remaster. Some Miles Davis. Some Dio live in Fresno 1983. Uh, uh, that reminds me to talk about the cure when you're done with this list. Oh yes, yes, definitely. Um, Old Dirty Bastard, Return to the Thirty Six Chambers. So this would be a reissue. So I have that on vinyl. Um, go on the Donnas, Early Signals, ninety five through ninety nine. Uh, the Doors, Duran Duran, Carnival Riot, E forty. Enslaved, Fleetwood Mac, Albatross, Jigsaw Puzzle, 12 inch single, Flock of Seagulls. <laughs> uh, it's, it's quite the list. Let's see, just kind of scrolling down. So far, you've not said anything that I feel like I'd have interest in. What's the Pearl Jam thing that's coming out? Husker Do. Oh, gosh, now I got to get all the way down there. 
Pearl Jam, Give Way. I don't know what that is. What is that? Give Way. I don't know. Uh, thought it was... <laughs> now I gotta look up what the hell Pearl Jam Give Way is. Yeah. I'll do it right now. Legacy Epic. It's a, it's a double LP. Uh, we got some Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig, like that. Um, Queen's Reich. Oh, oh it's, it's Yield Live. It's Yield oh, Live. Oh, okay. Does that warrant you uh, picking that up? Uh, that's a tough one. I don't know. I feel like Pearl Jim's just taking my money from for vinyl these days. I'd, I'd rather just see them live. Right. But more info, uh, there's going to be 15,000 available. I recorded during Pearl Jam's March 5th, 1998 Melbourne Park Rock Show during the Australian tour, supported their fifth studio album, Yield. The highly sought-after giveaway is released to vinyl for the first time, as well as officially released on CD. 17 tracks pressed on double black vinyl, housed in a gatefold sleeve, includes live versions of Given a Fly, Faithful, and Do the Evolution. The CD was originally scheduled for release in 1998, never saw the light of day outside of an extremely limited number surfacing over the years until now. Wow. Uh, Giveaway is a nod to the Australian counterpart to United States yield sign. There you go. I like it. That's nice. I do like it. Yeah. I mean, there's some stuff on here that I I wouldn't mind picking up, but it's not like I absolutely have to have it. I'd like to have that RZA as Bobby Digital. Mm -hmm. Um, Other than that, I mean, there's a Nas album, Godson, Live 2002. That might be pretty decent. Motorhead, Lost Apes. Um, Eddie Money, the covers. Who doesn't like a good Eddie Money cover album? (laughs) <laughs> I know somebody would really like that, Mr. Douglas Murr. Um, <laughs> we got a couple of Lacuna Coil albums. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of live stuff. Billy Joel, live at the Great American Music Hall, 1975. Hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'll, it's my first record store day in the great state of Minnesota, so... You know, I may go down to the fetus. I imagine that place will be a zoo. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll I'll take a trip down to the store. I mean, why not? Saturday, April 22nd, the official date. Yeah, I mean, why not go and check it out and see yeah. if there's anything else? I haven't been to uh, Block Street Records in about six months now. It's been a, it's been a minute. I've, and, I, I haven't bought vinyl in a while now. Me and Kane uh, went to the Electric Fetus a couple weekends ago. Um he picked up um, some hip hop albums. He picked up like Tribe Called Quest and some stuff like that. And I picked up uh, Lucero, Tennessee. So nice. I, bought one. I could have bought more, but yeah, could have bought more, but I didn't want to part with my money. That's been that's been the issue. Yeah, it's been the issue. It, it's tough, man, when they're all twenty five dollars and over. Right, right. You could easily walk out of there spending a couple hundred dollars. So. Yeah. Speaking of The Cure, real quick, they announced a tour, and Robert Smith has been on top of Ticketmaster's ass basically the entire time. 
Um, there's been all kinds of issues. The tour sold fantastically as one would expect the cure to sell. Basically, 98% tickets sold uh, in the opening weekend. If you're a registered, verified fan, uh, if you waited long enough, you should have been able to get your tickets. One of the issues that happened uh, it was it kind of turned, it wasn't quite the same thing as the Taylor Swift fiasco because that was millions upon millions of people, but it was a long process for a lot of people. And then the people who were getting like, you know, the cure put up tickets at like $20, $25. You know, they wanted people to have an opportunity to at least be in the door. But Ticketmaster doing Ticketmaster bullshit put fees that cost more than the fucking tickets yeah. onto the tickets. So you'd buy your $20 cure ticket and then you'd get $25 worth of Ticketmaster fees. So your, your ticket ended up being $45. So not like uh, make Cure fans happy, did not make Robert Smith happy. So Robert Smith actually was able to get Ticketmaster to provide a $10 refund to all ticket buyers of the Cure, which is, to me, incredible. Right. <laughs> it's I mean, fucking taking Robert Smith of the Cure to kind of put the Ticketmaster people. Taylor Swift didn't get any refunds for her no, fans. No, not at all. But Robert Smith was able to get, I mean, $10 may not seem like a lot, but it's fucking better than anything. Well, um, you think about it. I mean, if, if, if the ticket was $100 and $10 off, I mean, that's 10%. Yeah, I mean, but more importantly, is it's it's coming out of these people who paid $45. So, I mean, you're, yeah. you're getting damn near 25% uh, of a refund, which is fine, which is great. You, I mean, of course, they're doing probably 20 shows, and that's about 300,000 people, so... That goes a long way. 300,000 times 10 is math that I do not know, but I'm going to guess $3 million. Yeah. Uh, so great job to Robert Smith for fighting the good fight. Um, and on top of that, using Twitter for what we need it to be used for by musicians, by actually monitoring uh, the ticket sales of when your tickets go on sale and keeping your fans up to date to the fucking minute, to the second of what you're seeing as well, being like, a part of the ticket selling process. And, I, you know, in my mind, I just don't think a lot of artists really pay no, attention I mean, to shit. They, they haven't because this is the first guy that has done this. Where's everybody else in this? Where's all, where's everybody else? Where's Taylor Swift? Where's Zach Bryan? I mean, he, he didn't use Ticketmaster, but, you know, I don't know if people were really complaining about the price of his tickets. But well, if, if you remember what Zach, Zach Bryan got, so much anxiety regarding his ticket on sale, he deleted his Twitter account. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it came back afterwards. But I mean, I applaud Zach Bryan again. We talked about that. It was a weird kind of setup. I didn't like the non Ticketmaster thing because Ticketmaster is so easy to use because I've used it so much. Um, and I, I just don't use Access a lot. But, you know, Zach uh, Bryan applauded the cure for what they did as well. Of course, he did the uh, All My Friends Hate Ticketmaster tweet as well. Yeah. So um, we, we need more of this and hopefully one that starts more artists paying attention to their own sales. Snowballs. Yeah. But also two makes Ticketmaster a little bit more aware of going into um, an on sale like this. But the, the issue is it has to be these big fucking artists because the small artists aren't, they're not going to be able to no, do they, this. They don't have the it has to be to these big it. on sales. Yeah. They don't have the cloud to do it. So yeah. I mean, hopefully it, it, this is the catalyst for change. That's the hopes. And again, you know, everybody complains about platinum and what is it? Dynamic pricing. Right. Uh, the cure did not allow platinum or dynamic pricing to happen. So something to keep in mind is that when you see these on Ticketmaster, 
Ticketmaster gets a lot of the heat for dynamic pricing and platinum seats. But the only way those happen is if the artists sign off on that shit. Yeah. And so just something to remember when you're sitting in line trying to get some Ticketmaster tickets, you keep seeing the prices go up. The artists are saying thumbs up to that. And you know, they need to, to know that we do not approve of such a thing. You know, with the, with concerts and touring being their really their only huge revenue stream, you know, I mean, you can't fault them for it. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just you can fault Ticketmaster for the fees that are on there because the fees are ridiculous. That's mm-hmm. we talked about before, you know. I mean, I bought four tickets, $400 tickets to Taylor Swift, and my total was over $600. There was over two hundred dollars in fees from Ticketmaster, yeah, for four tickets. Fifty dollars, wow. half of the ticket price was, you know, thirty-three percent of the ticket price total ticket price was fees. That's, yeah. that's stupid. Yeah. That's that's all that is is just fucking corporate greed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, agree. Agreed on that. Anything else? No. I got okay. Nothing else on Ticketmaster. Moving on. Moving on, we got some. We got some fucking albums, some some rock and roll albums. Hey, real quick, why don't you tell the people about your first concert in Minnesota? <laughs> oh, this is so funny. So we, I use this app, and Will uses this app, and Trey uses this app, and Michael uses this app called Concert Archives. We've talked about it before, where you can keep track of your concerts. So I made a post in concert archives updating with a a concert just to see if these guys would notice. Um, So Thursday night, yes, Thursday night, I went to Westwood elementary in Zimmerman, Minnesota to see the third grade winter concert. (laughs) (laughs) I put that in the concert archives and, you know, use the excuse. It's my first Minnesota concert as a resident. Um, Yeah. My nephew had a concert. We went to it. They did turn, turn, turn by the birds. Nice. So, I mean, it was a rock concert, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it does count. Hey. Just wait. Just wait. When your kid's in school, you'll try to do the same thing. Got got to got to up the average. <laughs> yeah, so Trey hit me up and said, hey, are you, do you have an alert? For people who don't know Concert Archives, and I keep urging people to get on this thing, yeah. uh, Concert Archives is a lot like Facebook, basically. Yeah. It has a, If you follow people, it has a, a news feed. Whenever they put a concert in, you're going to see that they went to that concert. I mean, yep. Concert Archives is a really cool site that I think a lot more That's people underused. should. It's totally underused. Yeah, yeah definitely underused because millions of people go to concerts and only thousands of people are using this site. I think it's oh, yeah. fucking – I think it's a – awesome website and they use setlist.fm um anytime you enter in a concert if if the concert was posted on as setlist.fm you get the setlist as well yeah. and then anybody that goes to the shows can also post pictures yeah. uh, of the show as well so and pretty awesome site somebody you can you can tag if you went to the show i think with somebody as well yeah. it will yeah and, if, and like if you edited a show that we went to it will update mine so yeah. like you know like Rocklahoma or something like that. You know, some yeah, that one still kind of annoys me a little bit. I don't like people editing my concerts that I enter in. 
I got I got in a spat. We talked about this a couple of years ago, but we got I got into a spat with a radio DJ from Little Rock, right? Because he, he believes that um, the Screaming Trees opened up for Van Halen uh, <laughs> in like 1991 at Barton Coliseum in Little Rock, and I know for a fact that they absolutely did not. The Baby Animals from Australia opened up that show because I was disappointed in the opening act. And we went back and forth on this, and he ended up he, his edit got to be part his edit got to be the the show. So I took my name off of that concert and made a new listing for Van Halen and the Baby Animals for that date. Nice, okay, some bullshit. So I do wish there's something they can do about people editing a concert that you put in. Like I need to I need to see some evidence. I need some facts if you're going to edit something that I put in. Because or I think maybe I, the fact that if they would, if concert archives would ask your approval for this edit, I agree. There should be an approval process as well. Hey, this is the concert that you put in. Somebody else is saying that something else happened. It was at a different yeah, venue, a yeah. uh, different day, a different act. Is do you approve? And I would put yes or no. Because right. somebody also changed one of my poison warrant shows from like. They wanted it to be in Tulsa instead of the one I saw in Little Rock. I was like, what? And it just goes through. You just get to edit it. And it pisses me off. <laughs> it's Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, no. So obviously I did it. I did it to get a rise out of you guys. I was going to see it. Uh, who noticed it? And uh, I got a good giggle from it. <laughs> good, good. That was, that was the intention on the whole thing. So. so do you have a second show in mind yet for Minnesota? Um... Damn it. I mean, it's going to be, it'll, it'll probably be a uh, spur of the moment type thing. I mean, the Chili Peppers are playing U.S. Bank Stadium. Tickets for that are pretty cheap. Um, I mean, Is that coming up? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's sometime here in April, maybe mid-April. And, you know, tickets are like 25 bucks for Upper Deck. So, you know, if I want to be in the building and watch the Chili Peppers, I mean, I'm I'm even hesitant to spend $25 on it right now just because. Well, that's crazy. Well, because of just, like I said, the louder than life experience with them was not uh, optimal. wasn't great. Yeah, but $25 is nothing. You're going to be up at the top, just sit there and watch the Chili Peppers do their thing. And hopefully it's a good time. And it should be a good time. Right. So I got that option. I believe uh, I got Shine Down as well, Three Days Grace. Um, And there's Disturbed in May. Uh, Tech Nine is playing uh, at the Myth, I believe, April fourteenth. Uh, let's see what else is coming up. Weezer in June, but I'm going to see them in September, so no, I won't go to that. Yeah, Tech Nine's coming back to our area. He's coming to Fort Smith in May. Yeah, um, we'll see. Well, you just saw him not that long ago. You, I mean, are you does that warrant you traveling to Fort Smith to see him? Probably not. I, I would say he's not on the he's not on the list currently. But he was, you never know. Never know when I get a tickle tickle the, tickle the fancy. I mean, well, I'm I'm at tickle the tickle of that fantasy is that you should be going to see Lucero at JJ's. You're right, April twenty first. Right. Yeah, you're right. But I'm I'm also really struggling with trying to keep it under twenty. So <laughs> we're having, oh, we're having right. issues. 20. I thought the number was 15. The number was 15 unless I can make the, the majority of the shows in Northwest Arkansas and then it's 20. Oh, 
And so far, all I have is that's louder than mine. That's a new stipulation. No, no, that's the same stipulation. No, no, no. You go back, go back, review the tape. I've said 15, 20 if they can all be basically in Northwest Arkansas. But technically, with four shows being at Louder Than Life and two shows being in Dallas from Metallica, that's already six shows right there. So I can't really do 20 based off of that. And again, it's your co- you're, you're counting those as multiple shows, which that's bullshit. So I'm going to be Louder gone. Louder Than Life is one show. I'm going to be gone for six days. <laughs> Be gone for six days. You want me to count so, that as one one show? Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna well, see approximately no, thirty bands. You're gonna count it as two because you got four days of Louder Than Life. That's one show. That's one event, and then you got Metallica, which is one event. That's two events. That's two concerts. I gotcha. Um, I did forget to mention. We should probably move on, but uh, Matchbox Twenty is releasing a new album, which is exciting. I heard their first yeah. single. Well, I'm pretty excited. Yeah. I like some new Matchbox 20. Unfortunately, the Wallflowers are not joining them on the tour. Two crappy acts. I shouldn't say crappy. I just don't know. The Matt Nathanson and Ben Rector, who I believe is from Tulsa, Oklahoma, are now the opening acts on the Matchbox 20 tour. That has been postponed since 2020. It's finally happening with the new album. And I still have to decide if I'm going to go to Matchbox 20 or Tig Nataro. Or who? Tig Nataro. They're the same night here in... Tig is playing at Walton Art Center. Matchbox 20 is playing at the Imp. Tig is a, is a comedian. You should definitely check out okay. Netflix com- comedy specials. Go check her out. She's great. Hilarious. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Okay. All right. Album reviews. Let's do it. All right. First one up. Uh, which one do you want to do first? Doesn't matter. They both suck. They both suck. Wow. <laughs> Let's do, let's do theory of a dead man. All right. Um, theory of a dead man is basically a funeral. It is a dead man. I mean, it's not very good. It's boring. Nothing grabs my attention. Um, they rework a, uh, rework a seventies song, you know, just the two of us. Um, you know, I, I wanted something something a little more gritty, something a little more grimy, and this did not deliver at all. It was terrible. Not a good song on there at all. Medusa was the closest to relative to it. Yeah, both of these albums were basically 10 songs, 35 minutes. And they kind of had me in the first three songs. I was like, all right, yeah, this is Theory of a Dead Man. They have a formula. We know what it is. And then that Two of Us song came on, and I was like, my God. (laughs) My God. This is horrendous. And then the next song was actually worse. Ambulance. Oh, my God. Cringy. Cringe rock is what I would call this album. Not good. Two of us was just so oh, and they. I mean, they have a formula. Look, we know Theory of a Dead Man have made some pretty decent radio hits based off of like kind of like funny comical lyrics with relationships, like Bad Girlfriends, their biggest hit. Right, I think people are kind of relatable to stuff like that. 
um, stripper songs, I would say. Um, Nickelback Light, um, to say the least. And uh, yeah, these are just, they're not good. I, I don't, the album's called Dinosaur. Um, I don't know based off of the album. It's not good. Uh, they just played Tulsa recently with Skillet and Santa Sonia, which is a very Rocklahoma trio of the lineup. Oh, yeah. um, and it looked like they had a really big crowd. So, I mean, they're still pulling in thousands of people and out at their concerts. So good for them. They've been doing it now for probably 23 years. I remember I saw them at Knickerbockers. It was my first experience of seeing a Theory of a Dead Man show way back in probably 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw them again at that Blackjack Underground. Um, underneath Pershing uh, a ways ago. And then I saw him at a festival. I don't think I've seen him now in probably at least 15 years, but probably more, um, probably 20 years. Um, I mean, I've never so, seen him. And obviously they were at Louder Than Life last year, uh, but we did not go see them on a side stage. And I, based off of this, I, I can tell you why we did not. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think any of us, I mean, I forgot that they were even there. So. so. Yeah, it's dinosaur is it because it should be extinct. I mean, they, they <laughs> there you go. They there you go. This album, it was it was not good, folks. Skip it. But I'll tell you what, I was actually I was kind of curious to see what the masses were saying about the album, and I, I read a couple reviews from so called experts. Um, they liked the album, said it was a return to form, that it was good theory of a dead man. Hmm. So maybe, maybe it's us. <laughs> maybe we're the problem. <laughs> did they did they mention the two of us situation? No, yeah, they did mention it, and they said that they liked it. Hmm. They said it was a it was a uh, it was a crafty way to rework a song that it was good. They liked it. I mean. They said they gave it this, uh, you know, because there's 206 bones in the human body. I think they gave it 186 out of 206 bones. What? Yeah. What, yeah. what publication was this? I, I don't know. Some UK publication. Wow. All right. Well, I disagree. I, I won't be listening to this album any further. No, no, I don't, I'll never listen to it again. <laughs> but I say that about a lot of albums. All right, next one, Pop, Pop Evil, sixth studio album, Skeletons. I will say um, I like this one better than Theory of a Dead Man. Sure, 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 I mean, sure. Paranoid, Crash and Burn, the uh, opening track was, was pretty good. Um, I really liked Skeletons. Um, and I liked Dead Reckoning. Dead Reckoning was a nice, heavy song. I mean, uh, it was it was it was good. So three out of the eleven songs that are well, ten songs. One there was an intro. Um, so three out of the ten songs. I mean, that's a lot more than I thought I would like to pop people. What's interesting about this album is that the final three songs all had guest spots. So yeah. Yeah. song you like, uh, Dead Reckoning, was with Fit for a King, mm-hmm. which I think is a Christian act, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Wrong Direction was with Devour the Day and Raging Bulls with the zillion which is pretty strange that's 30 percent of your album to have with guest vocals is pretty pretty uh different on a rock album um poppy well the one thing look i think the singer has a good voice he has a good rock voice and i love their drummer uh probably because she's female and she kicks ass and she's good looking i just think she's pretty cool to watch in concert 
We've seen Pop Evil multiple times. Yeah. Uh, fucking, they have six albums. I've probably seen them six times, I guess. We walked in on them at Louder Than Life last year. We were okay with missing them, so we did technically get to see them. Um, they are one of those bands. They can make heavy music, but in a pop, sensical way. So, I mean, like, you know, it's... The, the singer's voice is good enough to where even though the music is heavy, it can resonate with some of those popular rock bands. And that's kind of how I view them. And it's, but it's interesting is that they've, you know, kind of like seven dust and Nonpoint and all these other bands that are kind of like pop evil there. I mean, I, they've hit their peak. I don't think they're ever going to graduate over They're They're playing the bourbon in May. They're never going to graduate over the bourbon theater. You know, not as a just, headliner, no, definitely not. Yeah, they're just not that band, you know. Um, so yes, it is better than Theory of a Dead Man, but it is kind of a generic hard rock poppy album that isn't ultimately memorable. There's no songs to me that stand out to where I need to hear it again and again and again. And I will not be seeking to see them in 2023. But I'm sure they will pop up somewhere in my life and make me see them. But currently, not happening. Currently, you're pop evil free. So I'm pop evil free, and it's interesting is that uh, so Seven Dust plays George's basically every other year. As far as I know, pop evil has not come around to Fayetteville, which is kind of strange. But maybe they'll come to JJ's life at this point. Who knows? Well, I'd go see him just for the drummer. Yeah. I mean, they're entertaining on stage. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not a terrible live show. If it's a $20 ticket and it's a night that I have nothing going on and I don't have to travel very far to do it, sure, why not? Well, I mean, that's, yeah, why not? I, I guarantee I probably, I'm going I'm to look it up real quick. I've probably seen them six times. That's if I've put them all in. Because I saw them open up for Nickelback. I saw them open up for this uh, Breaking Benjamin, and I've seen them at five times is what it's saying. Lot of Life last year, Rocklahoma 2019, Rocklahoma 2018, Rocklahoma 2016, and Nickelback 2015. It doesn't have the Breaking Benjamin show in here, so I'll have to double-check on that. I'm pretty confident they were on the uh, Breaking Benjamin show I saw in, in Springfield, Missouri, way back in the day, probably 2009. Huh. There you have it. I mean, the first two, I think this might be the first time we've had two actual rock albums to review in. Neither yep. one of them will be top 10. I mean, the top 10 so far this year, I mean, is eh. I can't even remember. No, we're only, the first quarter is now over with, so it was not a first good first quarter. No, not at all. But if I, I remember correctly, we didn't have a good first quarter last year either. Yeah, you're right. Things will pick up. I would, I would hope so. Well, looking forward. Obviously, we have the Morgan Wallen. Um, I know, you know, we don't. We still have a few weeks until Metallica comes out. Um, these are what have come out recently. Um, you got Luke Combs. Depeche Mode's got a new album. Yeah. Fallout Boy, which mm. is getting a lot of. At least on the the rock station up here in Minneapolis, it, um, they are pushing Fallout Boy. I mean, they've got a contest going that 
you know, if you win it, you get to fly out to Los Angeles and watch him front row at a concert. Um, we got a new Lana Del Rey album, and then of course the Morgan one. So, not much out there. I think we got to go country. Luke Morgan Combs. Wallen and Luke Combs. Well, okay, I, I'm fine with that. Um, but Luke Combs just released a new album last year. Yeah, and if you remember, you reviewed it. I was not a fan. Was not no. a fan of the Luke Combs. Um, so yeah, I'm fine with that. But I think we should. Uh, we've got to keep with the times as well, and kind of our theme and what we are in. Um, we're going to have to do three albums because I'm going to have to say we have to listen to them all anyway. Well, I have to say the Morgan Wallen song is three albums. Or the Morgan oh, Wallen Jesus. album is three albums. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. So let me, let me see real quick. The Morgan Wallen album. <laughs> it's called One Thing at a Time. It is 36 songs an hour and 52. It's long. I just want to throw that out. So I don't think we can really do three albums on this cycle. Oh. An hour and 52 minutes. The Luke Combs album is 18 songs in an hour and six minutes. We just listened to two albums that were 33 minutes long. (laughs) Three hours of my life that I'm. Yeah, that's three hours. I'm never going to be able to get that back, Will. Yeah, it's rough. Right. But I, you could become a Morgan Wall and believer. For the fucking content. Yeah, I mean, do you think millions of people are just wrong about Morgan Wallen? We could become believers. We may be hit in the fucking heart and in the brain after listening to Morgan Wallen. I'm just saying. Fucking uh, Luke Combs is hitting up Lucas Oil Stadium, Nissan Stadium, Ford Field, Soldier Field, U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, May 13th. Let's go. He's fucking huge. I'm not going to go see Luke Combs. What are you talking about? For the content. No. You buy my ticket. (laughs) I ain't doing it. No way. I haven't seen these days playing... He's playing Arrowhead in Kansas City, Bush, in St. Louis. He's doing nothing but stadium shows. Fuck. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's a country star. We know that these country stars can sell out these these stadiums. This dude is massive. Who's playing with him? That's that's what I need to know. Who's playing with him? I don't know. Oh, there's no... There's some tickets left. All right. Here we go. I need to see who, who else is on the show. Give me a second. Mm-hmm. After that, we'll look up some. We'll look up some Morgan Wallen dates as well. They could just tell me. Luke Combs is playing with Riley Green. Ooh, Lainey Wilson. Okay. Flatland Cavalry and Brent Cobb. Hmm. I could go see Lainey Wilson. She's pretty. She. She's pretty. Saturday, June 10th in Kansas City. All right, here we go. Uh, American Family Field, and he's playing MetLife Stadium. Ventures United Home Loans Amphitheater at Virginia Beach. Who's this? Morgan Wallen. Okay. Uh, PNC Park, Wrigley Field, 
Ford Field, Bush Stadium, Petco hmm. Park, Chase Field, Fenway, uh, Budweiser Stage in Toronto, Ontario. I'm guessing, yeah, he's uh, he's playing the big big places too. He's got he's got quite a few dates with Hardy out there, Mike. Yeah, we mentioned last week that Florida Georgia Line came to the Amp, right? We talked about this, right? Florida Georgia Line came to the Amp like four five years ago, and their openers were Morgan Wallen and Hardy. Good. That's like the equivalent of like a Metallica, uh, a Pearl Jam. Um, that, that's like the equivalent. That, that'd be like the country equivalent to Red Hot Chili Peppers taking out Nirvana and Pearl Jam back in the nineties. Right. Right. So he's doing two nights at American Family Field in Milwaukee. I don't know. Is that what's American Family Field? I've never heard of it. American Family Field. That's a really weird name. I guess that's the uh, the baseball stadium, though. Playing Pinnacle Bank Arena, April 29th. Yeah, April 29th with uh, Ernest, <laughs> whoever the fuck Ernest is, and Bailey Zimmerman. Yeah. Um, is he coming around us? Austin and Houston. He's not coming anywhere close to Arkansas. What kind of crap is that? I'm going to go see him. Chicago in June. Two nights at Wrigley. Two nights at Wrigley, man. Two nights at, the, at Ford Field. Two nights at Bush Stadium. Two nights okay. at Bush Stadium. Holy cow. Unreal. Park. Playing two nights in stadiums. Two nights in stadiums. That's crazy. SoFi Stadium with just one night, but still. Um, looking through here, see if there's any. Three nights at Fenway. Holy shit. Oh, this tour is ridiculous. This tour doesn't stop. No, it doesn't. I feel like we <laughs> devoted way too much time to Morgan Wallen today. And I'm going to spend three more hours listening to bullshit. I mean, I'm fucking, I'm calling it. It's done. No more Morgan Wallen talk tonight. Okay. <laughs> I'm not no folks. We're pretty much done. <laughs> let's, let's end it on a high note. What do we got? End it on a high. Three hours of Morgan Wallen. That's <laughs> not a that's not a high note. Um, that's all. That's all that's in my head right now. I mean, you got to It's not three hours of Morgan Wallen. Right, you got three hour hours of Morgan Wallen and Luke Combs. That sounds like three hours of pain and torture, buddy. Look, it's for the content, Mike. You keep saying it. We're doing it for the people. I'm sure our our tens of Thousands of people that listen to us want to listen to us talk about Morgan Wallen and Luke Combs. As you're sitting there wearing a Ramon shirt, and you know, I don't, I don't even know what to say. And so, do you not want to do it? We can exit out. No, no, no. Do you want to do Fallout Boy and Depeche Mode? No, I really don't want to do those either. But I mean. Okay, we'll, we'll do it. We're going to do the Morgan Wallen and Luke Combs. And I, I guarantee it's going to be the highest rated episode ever of No Judgments here. Hell yeah, it is. Let's go. All right. That's, that's my fucking positive ending. <laughs> there we go. I, I don't know. I don't, what's your next show? What do you got coming up? Uh, I'm done until Clutch, April 19th. Okay. 
what I think is going to be my retirement party of seeing Clutch Life as a headliner. Yeah, I mean they'll probably still play festivals I go to, right. but right. as a headlining band, I will no longer go see Clutch live in concert. I'm looking forward to. It. I'm going through the Clutch discography. No, see, I don't think you could say that. The reason I'm going to say that because next summer the Clutch Clutch could be playing the amp at, at you know the Walmart amp. No. If they're on a bill with, they don't do that though. They they do head, headline tours and they don't go, they don't do opening acts. Yeah. I would have to I would have to go back and look to see exactly when they've been an opening act, but it has not been any time. I, well, actually, I don't think I'd have to go back and fact check myself. But I don't think they do opening tours. That's not who they are. Where are they playing at? Fort Smith. Yeah, Fort Smith at the How Temple Lines. How big Lines. is the venue? It's small, thousand. So next summer, Clutch plays JJ is live. You're not going. No, wow. I'm saying goodbye to you. I call bullshit. I'm saying goodbye to Clutch. Shenanigans. All right. This will well, be like the ninth. That's a ways away. This will be like the ninth time I see Clutch. I'm good. I've seen them. I love them. They're great. But it's time for us to part our ways. Okay. I really enjoyed your thread of Clutch albums. Excuse me, the discography. Um, I thought you would, uh, I mean, you did show a little love to Beale Street, but I thought that you would show more. I know how oh, man, I could, I yeah, I could go off. I, I just simply stated one of the 50 greatest albums in of all time. That's pretty good love. Ooh. Yeah, that's what I stated. Yeah, you said if you made a list. If I made a list, it would be top 50 of all time. You have never made a list of top 50 albums of all time. That could be really difficult to make, and I think be shenanigans in the end of it. You don't think that you could... I mean, I know you've got to have... I mean, what is your favorite album of all time? An album that you can listen to nonstop, day after day, hmm. every day. Um, I mean, you'd probably look at Pearl Jam 10 or Versus. You'd probably look at Metallica Black Album or uh, probably Master of Puppets. Or you could look at, well, Clutch would be farther down. Alice in Chains, Dirt, um, Jar of Flies would be on there. Uh, Nirvana's Nevermind, Pantera's Far Beyond Driven, and Vulgar Display of, Par- uh, of Power. Um, so, I mean, you got multiple albums. Yeah. The same artist. So you don't think it'd be 50 different artists, 50 different albums? Well, I mean, I could make that rule that I'm not going to take, I'm not going to well, use like more than one album. But that'd be silly, though. That'd be silly. I mean, because I mean, if it's the greatest album of all time, right? You know, because, you know, an artist can have multiple great albums. Yeah. Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, and The Wall. Bullshit. <laughs> um, uh, Slipknot's debut would be on there. Mudvayne, LD50 would be on there. I don't hear any fucking Zeppelin. I don't hear any fucking Beatles. Any yeah, we wouldn't. Pink. We wouldn't. We wouldn't go back. Pink we wouldn't. Floyd. Pink Floyd would be the only band before '78 that we looked at. That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> Such fucking bullshit. Oh god. Oh, sometimes I they're just not. I mean, you know how it is. I've told you this. Uh, Tesla. Would be up there, Def Leppard, Hysteria, Bon Jovi, New Jersey, and Slippery When Wet. God damn it. Dead Saras. 
Uh, who else? Uh, Eminem's uh, not first album, but his next two albums uh, would be in there probably. Matchbox Twenty, uh, yourself or someone like you would be on there. All right, folks. Um, on that trios <laughs> would be on there. Uh, the Killers would be on there. Deftones, Adrenalize, and Around the Fur, <laughs> Incubus, uh, Science, definitely on there. Corn's first album, probably Follow the Leader. Oh, System of a Down's debut. <laughs> uh, Abbey Road. What about some wow. Tool? I'd get some Tool up on there as well. Right, I mean, you haven't even mentioned Tool. Uh, Weezer's Blue Album and Pinkerton. Limp Biscuit, Significant Other, Led Zeppelin 1, Led Zeppelin 2, Stone Temple Pilots, Core, Purple, Tiny Music. Could they get three albums on there? I don't know. Obviously, Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. I'd be on there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It'd be tough to make. It'd be tough. I'd put Appetite above and you know it uh shine down as much as i enjoy listening i don't think i, I don't think i'd have a shine down album on there uh three days grace their uh first album would probably be on there love that album really oh yeah I would have disturb the sickness uh, the, the sound of madness shine down that album yeah i don't know i mean i really like the album that's really do but top 50 i don't know that's tough yeah. It's tough. All right. I'm done. We've talked enough. All right. Well, Hold on. Let me take a one final look. Oh, Rage Against Machine. I didn't take a look. I didn't look at them. Look Nine Inch Nails, Downward Spiral. Right. Downward we'll talk spiral. about them. Soundgarden, Super Unknown. Chili Peppers. Uh, California. California Cation would be there for, for me. Better, better than Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Uh, they'd both make a run to the top 50 for sure. Uh, U2, Joshua Tree, um, and Zoo, Zooropia, what the fuck is it called? Yeah, it would be on there. That's terrible. Uh, Van Halen, 5150. I'd probably go with the same years of the David Lee Roth years. Oh, get, get the fuck out of here. It's fucking <laughs> 1984 and the fucking debut are way better than anything of fucking Sammy Hagar. Wait, what about some Radiohead? Goodbye, folks. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> With that, um, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll talk soon.